This episode is brought to you by Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for the hybrid workforce. Online at wellforce.ai. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And today, yay, we have the parents part due. And that is from feedback from people coming to us and saying, yeah. when are your parents coming back on? I need Everybody. to know how the story ends. I need to hear more. And Scott, I have to tell you, Scott was like, that last episode was false advertising. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's, because of the title, it was like... The parents, the Nazis, pa- adoption, and entrepreneurs. Right, and we literally didn't <laughs> talk about episode thirty-seven, season one of Girls Who Do Stuff. And we didn't talk about entrepreneurship or adoption. We will today. We, we said something like, "Because we know, follow through." Well, with I couldn't our just name it Nazis. I know, like we couldn't. <laughs> the parents dash Nazis. That wouldn't have gone well. That would have gone But it was like one of those things because we had planned to talk about it. And then, like, we just got so caught up in the origin story yes. that it was like... Everybody's in suspense. Now everybody was in suspense. We yes. stopped at 1963. Yes, they're in suspense. <laughs> we need to talk about what happened both. And we got, so we got through the elopement. Dad talked about his circumcision several times. We talked about... It's already been mentioned. mentioned. Should I say circumcision again? Just no! For- <laughs> enough How can I have anything left if you keep saying it? <laughs> And we talked about, you know, the experience of immigration and we talked about how you guys were high school sweethearts because Sarah is a sucker for love stories. And I am. She loves all the love stories. And and so now we are we are up to y'all got married and live separately. And Oh, did we talk about Kaywood Gardens, our first apartment? No, we did not talk no. about your first apartment. Oh, that was an interesting story. Okay. Well, it's horrible. It was wonderful. He got this apartment as a bachelor right no, next. No, I got it as a surprise for you. You did not. I did. Oh, Jesus. Maybe you did. I don't want to remember it. But anyway. <laughs> we're going to we re-traumatize your mom. It's okay. She recapitulates trauma on a daily basis. It's okay. <laughs> so we were on the first floor right I swear, no more than a yard away from the incinerator room. And it was full of uninvited guests loaded with roaches. And after the, so cute. And after the first night, I decided, no way but I could stay there. No. It was cheap. It was $79. Now we know why. <laughs> $80 a month. What do you guys pay $80 then, a month for right now that was like... I'm trying to think. Like, that's probably how much I have on all my streaming services. Uh, no, that's not even what we have on all our streaming services. <laughs> what do we pay $80 like, a month for? Not my cell phone. Mm-mm. I have a subscription to that dinner leak thing, and I think that's about what we pay for two meals a month delivered to our house. <laughs> trying to think. <laughs> oh, you know what it is? It's the home cable bill. About it. Home cable bill. Yeah, one trip maybe, to the like restaurant. Spectrum. Yes, one trip yeah. to the restaurant. Like one dinner out <laughs> yep. with the kids. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that's where well, they live. Think- yeah. <laughs> like, just let that sink. Well, the roaches. And the roaches. Mm-hmm. It's like Joe's apartment. Right. They can pay rent from MTV. <laughs> no charge for the roaches. There is no, no charge, charge for the roaches. Okay, that's nice. No. So, but, and this was in, was this in D.C. or was it in Silver Spring? It was uh, PG County. Um, it was in Maryland, the adjoining county. Mount Rainier. It was Mount Rainier. Oh, either one. All right. It's correct. And so then, so how long did you last there? One night. Um, We we got a U-Haul truck and we moved to the apartments. Yeah, we moved to Tacoma Park, Maryland, which is Montgomery County, the adjoining county. On Fox Street, 1902 Fox Street. So you know what just occurred to me is they were already married, living in separate places. Then the first place they lived in together had roaches. So my my brain is going, it was probably at least six months or a year before they actually had sex when they were married because they're not doing it when they're living no, in separate they conceived my sister when they were living separately. They're not doing it in the cockroach. But they <laughs> conceived my sister during the three months before they lived together because she was born in February right, of 64. Because there were no roaches around. Right. <laughs> 
there was no roach. <laughs> then it was car sex. It wasn't even good. I don't want to talk about my parents having sex. Can we not talk about? Well, that's what, where mine, my brain is I don't is want to know why you're thinking about my parents having sex. This is not an enjoyable conversation. Well, I'm thinking newlyweds. Don't you understand? <laughs> parents don't have sex. Don't you know that? Do you, I mean, no, that's they what really happens. don't. They don't. Because I remember, I remember your sister. She was nine years old. And she came home from school furious and accused us of doing the nasty. <laughs> and because she had just found out about the birds and the bees, it, it was going around in the classroom. And so I said, we had to, if we wanted to have a child. And uh, she said that she was never going to do that. And I said, that's true. You never will. However, maybe once you get married, you might want to have a child and you'll have to do it at least one time. <laughs> I said, but in the meanwhile, you don't have to worry about it because you, you, know, you may not want children, so you'll never have to do it. <laughs> She's Bridgerton. She's Bridgerton. She is, yes. Oh, my God. She's Violet Bridgerton. Did you guys catch last week's episode where Jessica Bettencourt said she was listening to your guys' episode with her husband on a road trip? Yep. I thought this was so funny that they were like, this is what's wrong with America. Like your guys' story and having to go through what you go through and we're just raising a bunch of wusses. Yeah. Can you imagine that you almost died from an infected circumcision? Yes. And then to have to deal or have these ordeals. Escape. It was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, so you'll have to, when we're done with this, you'll go back and listen to the, tell uh, Alexa to play it for you today. Okay. Okay. And you can hear Jessica. That was great. Because it is, right? There is, there's a an, uh, a leftover from previous generations that they had to deal with this adversity and deal, come home, their kids come home saying, yeah, how dare you do that? That's not how the birds oh and bees conversation God. went with my daughters. Right. Like <laughs> simpler times. You'll have to do it once if you want a kid. But only if you want children. Right. Mom, I don't want children. And even you never then, if you don't want to, you can always adopt. Right. Right. So, so you, you never have go. to do it. Oh my gosh. I wonder if your sister was like, I wonder if that's why they did adoption. Mom didn't want to have mom didn't want to have to do the nasty. But they still More wanted kids. Yes. Right. yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um uh, all right. So where we were in I'm Tacoma like, Park is where we were. I was like, can we just dive I don't into know the what happened. Yes, like, we can dive right into the adoption. I so nineteen oh two Fox Street, Tacoma Park, Langley Park. Which is all right. Like, so, for those not familiar with Maryland geography, Langley Park and Tacoma Park are literally right next to each other. And that apartment was the best. It was our first apartment. It was wonderful. It was your were, second apartment because you didn't last in the first apartment. That was before Leah. Yeah. That's right. So, I was pregnant and we were on Lee Avenue in this chintzy apartment, but we liked it. We and that's up, all we could afford. Yeah, we moved up from from seventy nine ninety to one twenty nine because it had an, a window air conditioner in the bedroom, which my wife insisted on, and I was arguing with her. I said, "We can't afford this. It's one hundred and twenty nine ninety a month." But it was a really nice apartment. However, bringing home a new baby was traumatic for me we we just were not prepared for it and dad my husband and they know that you're each other's husband and wife like it's the parents episode his brother <laughs> uncle harry stayed in uh, our apartment while i was in the hospital they kept you five days at that time meanwhile the sink was full piled up with dishes the beds had dirty laundry it was such a mess. It was horrible. And my and David and my mother were arguing constantly. And they discouraged you tremendously from nursing. Nursing was not encouraged. They bound you up. They gave you medication to stop your milk. And I took home these special bottles that had a little plastic liner that they poured hot formula in at the hospital and all the bottles broke. So I had nothing. When I came home, I had a hungry, screaming baby, an apartment full of filthy dishes. My mother and husband were screaming at each other. 
and the beds needed changing. And I felt like I just wanted to run away. It was terrible. It just It's called postpartum depression. Well, no, well, that's that's that's, that's post birth trauma. So one of the things that she's she said she didn't know that her body wasn't going to snap right back. So she just had him bring pre-pregnancy clothes mm. to change it. Yes. Like, that was the first trauma. Yes. Shit, my body, I can't fit in my clothes. Like she literally had zero idea. And well, there was no, yeah. And I'm so curious about the why, I'm curious about why nursing was like forbidden and they would prevent you yeah. essentially. Yeah. yeah. They did. But I remember whenever the baby would cry and I'd be in the shower I would drip like a, a faucet running. Yep. And um, and the fact that David and my mom were just screaming at each other, it was really a, such a stressful situation. But in the hospital, I just want to say, when I first saw uh, Gay, she was an eight-pound baby, a little brick, because she was only 20 inches. And the first thing I did was take off all of her clothes and put her right on my body. Mm-hmm. And I just, and, and she looked like an Eskimo with all this dark, fuzzy hair, like down, real long, downy hair that stood up on the end. I just felt that hair under my chin and, and had that baby on me. And that was the best part of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I remember um, that moment with Landon too, when mm-hmm. he was on my chest. And he just looked up at me with these big old mm-hmm. doe, like deer eyes, because he does, he has these big old brown eyes. And we just stared at each other. And it was like we were looking into each other's soul. Mm-hmm. Nicholas did the scooch. And so they put him on me. And I was, I was post anesthesia and I was on, they give me morphine. And so I was, li- I was high as a kite. Mm-hmm. I was laying there. And they had the gown open because they were checking my dressing. I was in I was in the recovery room and they brought him in and he after they bathed him and cleaned him and they he did the scooch and I mean he latched right on and it was You're very lucky. Yeah. You are awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I vaguely remember something. Everybody was there for Nicholas. Nobody was there for Samantha because Samantha was emergency overnight. Mom and dad were staying with Nicholas at the house. It was, it was just, yeah, that one was more traumatic than, than the Nicholas one. But yeah, I mean, it's, and then like we had the opposite experience of no bottles unless the, like the birth weight went down and then they had to feed. Right. Them and, we get shamed yeah. if we don't nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've had, I remember being in because I had a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Landon did not scooch, and they were trying to use all these things. And so there's five people squeezing my boob. Like, <laughs> it's very, yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. And then telling you, you have to nurse. Right. It's what's best. And then, well, with Samantha, because they took her to the NICU, I, and I was like, you just need to give her to me. Like, I need the skin to skin, and my yep. milk will come in. Yep. And it'll be like that. Just give her to me. And, I, and then I got in trouble because I kept sneaking off to the NICU when I was allowed out of bed. And the nurse like would go and come and bring me back. And she's, we will take you. You just have to tell us. And I was like, but I just want to go when I want to go. Yeah, I was still delirious. Like, I, it was a hot mess. Well, and I don't want to have to wait on him. And I'm like, I, I was yeah. just, it was a whole, whole whatever. Thing. Yeah, it was a whole thing. But, but yeah. All right. So these bluebirds are still <laughs> at the window. Sunshine They're is defending cackling. Their Sunshine is cackling. They're defending their territories against their reflections. It's the mirror inside of I the know. window. A metaphor for social media. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, so, is your brother adopted too, or is your brother a biological? He's also adopted. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that a question? You did that. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> she didn't so get it. having this, this newborn baby, you would think that everything would be settled down. And I had no idea what to expect, and I was in a lot of pain. Me too. <laughs> and, um, then one night I was in so much pain, I called the doctor, or you called the doctor, and she cursed me out and said I was just a complainer. And we ended up in the hospital at 2 a.m., and here I had just had an eight-pound baby, so I was stitched up, and they did an exam of me, and that was not very comfortable. She means a pelvic exam. Okay. And found this big mass. And they called the doctor, and then she cursed out those doctors. This is a bad person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
and told me to go home and take, was it Tylenol? Something. It was a pink and gray pill. I don't know what it was until the pain stopped. It just take as many as I needed until the pain stopped. And and, and healthcare was different in 1964. For sure. Yeah, she said, you're nothing but a kvetch. She didn't yeah, use the I mean, word kvetch. No, she didn't use the word kvetch, but she said, you're just complaining. This is you're perfectly right. normal. Take a bath and put some oatmeal. No, in. that's when I was pregnant. I broke out into hives. Okay. <laughs> oh, it was in the same era. We Dave took me home and I took the pills and the pain didn't stop. And it was just, just unbearable. So we went back and the doctor had us sign a release that she wasn't responsible for anything because the other doctors wouldn't touch me. So we signed the release and they did an x-ray and found this big mass in my pelvic area that turned out to be uh, a dermoid cyst the size of a grapefruit. It was huge. Good God. Mm -hmm. And as I was giving birth to Gay, it was a. T- it started out on the, over on the ovary, but it grew as I was pregnant. I guess the from the hormones. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so as I gave birth, baby sliding out caused it to twist. So it was twisted two and a half times. So the, the fallopian tube was twisted two and a half times. I was hemorrhaging tremendously, and. It was an emergency surgery that they had to do. And I remember David called, it was Dr. O.B. Beardsley, his name was. He was the Seventh-day Adventist doctor. And he asked David to come into the room and kneel down with him and say a prayer. And we did her bed. So they said they did a prayer. It's not a good very sign. sweet. It's not the most uplifting thing exactly. you do before your wife goes into surgery. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not feeling very optimistic if that's what's happening right before. Right. It's a good thing we know the outcome. Yes. Like, we do know that the story turned out okay. Yes. <laughs> Guess what? Right. Spoiler alert, she lived. Yes. <laughs> so they, I remember they took me into surgery, and I'm A negative blood, and they had none. And they had to helicopter some A negative blood outside of Baltimore over to the uh, Seventh-day Adventist Hospital so that they could do the surgery. And in the meanwhile, they were prepping me. And I, I just remember this like it was yesterday. And the nurse wanted to shave the area. And the doctor, who was so sweet and praying maybe 20 minutes earlier, was cursing her out, saying, God damn it, we don't have time for this. <laughs> I mean, that, you needed that to time, pray before he got started. Anyway, I do remember them trying to get an IV in me and my veins had all collapsed and they were pounding on my oh my god on my <laughs> arms and saying, God damn it, we're gonna lose her. And and I remember not being afraid at all, but just very calm and thinking, I hope that the person that David marries next loves the baby as much as I do. And those were my last thoughts before they took the, the cyst out. So they did that and it was successful and they brought the darn thing up to my hospital room and my mother-in-law was there and I swear to God, she nearly vomited and they asked, they didn't ask, but they said they were going to make a specimen out of it. I don't know if it's still there or not. I'm like, please tell me you still have this. No, like the hospital (laughs) kept it. Yeah, it was in the hospital. So it had hair and teeth and bone. And all kinds of stuff in it. Okay, so that- hold on. So like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait. So there, there is two babies, and no one was not- right. So there's one of two scenarios that Gay was a twin, right? And that it 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 just didn't grow. It didn't. Right. There was a another egg that started to fertilize. Right. It did, and the hormones then did parts of what it was supposed to do, but not to come to fruition as a baby. The other part of it was that mom was a twin, and that. This was absorbed in utero and then the, was activated by the pregnancy hormones when she got pregnant with my sister. Isn't it? Yeah. But there, it's very, like, those types of cysts have hair, teeth, bone, different types of tissue. Yeah. It was yucky. Mm-hmm. 
So you essentially, it's either, I just got to rephrase this, okay? (laughs) Got to wrap my brain around this. So essentially, either your mom was walking around living her whole life with a, her twin inside of her. Mm -hmm. And then when she got pregnant with your sister, that is when that twin. The growth was activated. Yeah. Activate. Right. (laughs) Or. But it would have turned into a human. I get that. I get that. It just had the DNA. It just had the genetic coding that was activated by the hormones to be like grow into here's your fertilizer the hormones are yeah i I get okay (laughs) a person her whole life is walking around with essentially another human and right but like it's not a human though it's just the cells some of the components so if you get you know what okay so here's what it's like you buy a bell pepper and you open the bell pepper and there's that tiny baby pepper on the inside that didn't actually grow into anything it's just like extra it's like a bogo yeah again it's in my brain Tiny pepper, still a pepper. <laughs> I have to, I, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. That quote from Dwight from The Office, I keep thinking about it. He's in the camera pan away and he yeah. says, when my mother was pregnant with me, they did an ultrasound and found that she was having twins. Then they did another ultrasound a few weeks later and discovered that I had reabsorbed the other fetus. Do I regret this? No. I believe the tissue has made me stronger and now I have the strength of a grown man and a little baby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's so good. That was I was thinking about Dwight Schrute too. I should have worn my Schrute Farm shirt today. But uh, anyway, all right. So can we? You want to step away from okay. the weird sissy conversation? I, I mean, all right. I, I don't have words right now. Okay, we're good. Wellforce offering business consulting and IT solutions for your hybrid workforce. Do you need business process evaluations and solutions to streamline your workflows? A technology assessment, including security and managed services to optimize performance, or solutions to create a seamless hybrid workplace experience. If that's you, Wellforce has a growing team of affiliates to support your organization's move to hybrid. Visit wellforce.ai today. I'm so glad it was adopted. My favorite transition ever. So, um, so we, you know what? It was really nice. It was, we had our family, we visited, we enjoyed bringing Gay up uh, for a year or so. And, uh, and then they stopped enjoying it. Right. So, I'm going to interject here. Mama loves babies, she does not like it. When they start talking. Right. Gotcha. And get mobile. Like, you love holding babies, right? Like, as a foster I parent, do. she likes the babies. She doesn't like when they get old enough and to talk back. And when they're two, she can give them back. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I, I love watching them grow. I love being She loves a watching them grow. I love, I love watching them grow. <laughs> no, I love You're a great mom. Today. You are a great mom. <laughs> Thank you. I'll I'm not you being later. facetious. I'm being serious. Even though you try to kill me every time I visit by feeding me bananas and avocados. She tries to kill me like every time one? I visit. <laughs> Funny. And, but no, she was real. Like, she was like the, she was like the June Cleaver mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I liked being a mother. It was fun for me. I liked doing things with my children, mm-hmm. sharing their life, having them share my life. And actually... I never wanted to work because of a fear also that I had that if I left you guys in uh, care without me as babies, you might be abused. Preach. And I, and I was- Thank you, Phyllis. Thank you, Phyllis. All I'm right. going to give you a hug just for that when I see you. But the, so <laughs> but that doesn't negate the fact that you did hire babysitters. And oh, I did. did have people come stay with us so they could go on vacation. Just because she didn't leave us in full-time care doesn't mean that... I'm not hating against that. I'm just I'm pointing out, but I you, don't, you go to the extreme of not even getting a sitter. Because I don't need to. I have grandparents. Then, yeah, <laughs> there's that too. But You're if right. you didn't have grandparents... I would have trusted best friends. Okay. Just making sure. Right. Yeah. Just clarifying. <laughs> but... So, um, Dad and I really, we really loved being parents. It was a very typical marriage, I think, it, during that time. We lived in the apartment with all, we were in our 20s. Everyone else, this was on Fox Street, yeah. 19, 1902 Fox. 
rather than 125 Lee Avenue. <laughs> so I can't believe I remember these places. So anyway, we we had all 20-year-olds, lots of friends. We all had babies. The husbands went off in the morning to go to work. And us mothers, we took our babies out in their strollers and we all sat around and talked and complained about our husbands. They and complained about mm-hmm. Right. No, they did. It was, it was wonderful. We, we, we were friends. We were confidants. And it was just an easy, wonderful time. Carefree life. It was. I did have health issues. I developed a a terrible case of mononucleosis when Gay was 16 months and had to be hospitalized for about um, almost two weeks because they said it was the worst case they'd ever seen. And Everyone had to wear hazmat to come, even to come into the room, which they, I'm sure they wouldn't do that now. But um, aside from that, everything was good. And, and David was working for his dad and running the, helping to run the business. And you were happy, right? Until I came home and opened a door and inhaled all the diapers. <laughs> I didn't like changing diapers or poops. So no. I was- and I, I can attest to this because even as like when they would take care of Nicholas or whatever, like she will or when even when, like when we were living there, when Samantha was newborn, whatever, she'd literally hand off the baby and be like, the diaper needs to be changed to anyone who was there. Not her. And she would tell you if, if she was responsible to change a diaper, you would hear about it. That's so funny. <laughs> no, I did it. This when it comes had to from be- the woman who wanted to foster babies. And only I wanted did. to have babies in diapers so that she could then <laughs> care for them and then pass them off when they needed a diaper change to one of the other kids or other adults in the house. I'm telling you, this is fascinating me on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did it when I had to do it. I didn't go into the neighborhood and ask neighbors to do it for I'm me. Not, I'm very surprised that, that didn't happen, that you didn't call up Marge and be like, you want to come <laughs> over for tea? And then she'd show up and be like, oh, let me go get it. And then Marge would notice that the diaper needed to be changed and say, oh, let me do that for you. <laughs> now, I would change a diaper if I had to, but I would rather someone else do it if they would. <laughs> me. That's right. That's right. And we didn't have throwaway diapers at that time. And I didn't have diaper service. So I had to wash them and hang them and. Or you, you had know, to put them in a pile and leave them for dad to wash and hang. When well, I home. did. I, I rinsed them out, but then I left them in a bucket for him to do. Oh, whatever. my God. He loved odor. it. Oh, oh, you know you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it really woke me up when I came home. I bet. <laughs> yeah. I bet. What about, so there are some other coming home funny stories. What about the time that you had triggers? That mom had to oh, do out the triggers. God. Oh, my God. God, that's right. I yeah, was, he was in the reserve. I was in the Marine Reserve, and we came home from every couple of weeks you have to go away and do your... So I come home from a terrible weekend living out in the woods and eating off of the land. They give you a canteen of water, and that's it. So, of course, it rained, and of course, we got bitten all over the place, chigger bites everywhere. And I come home on the weekend after the maneuvers and I am exhausted. So I just rip all my clothes off and just sprawled out on the bed on my back. And I've got chiggers all over my place, including wow. my scrotum. So my dear wife oh my said, oh, I've got to help him. Of you course. Pick it up. You can't just so- leave your man hanging. I think that's the first scrotum joke on Girls Who Do Stuff. Well, let's wrap it up. This has been fun. Do you you hear the bird laughing? Because he sounds just like my mom. He laughs just like my mom. The juiciest part. The jiggers go for the juiciest part. There's the show title. There it is. What's a a jigger? Chigger. Yeah, it's like a um, a tick. Yeah, they like burrow. And they bite. They bite. They they suck your blood out and they itch all over. So tell. So you have to finish the story. 
So I thought that because they were mainly hanging around in the private area, that I would put something on there to kill them. No, first you oh, picked God. them all. Oh, maybe I picked them. I yeah. don't know. I doubt if I would have picked them oh, off. Oh, well, maybe I, I picked them things. off, but they leave little <laughs> spots where they cling to your body. And it's little blood. So while I, I was passed out on the bed. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> you did sing? So yeah, I, I found had, out later. What, what did I have? Campophony? No, I think you used Absorbing Junior. Absorbing Junior. That's right. Junior. Like Ben Gay. My husband. So she Wait, put Absorbing Junior. Oh, just wait for it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, you're, so mom's trying to help. To put something on to kill the triggers to ki- and to kill the pain and the itching. Okay. And she goes into the cabinet and gets the Adzerbing Jr., which is like the Bengay. Like the, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> and puts it on all the red spots on my scrotum. And all of a sudden, I'm waking up from my... From my dream, I bolt up out of bed and jump up on the bed and jump up and down and say, what the hell did you do? It's burning. You were keeping me out something off. <laughs> oh, my God. But it stopped the itching. Oh, it stopped the itching. All right. Oh but God. you were never the same she after that. put a methylated cream yes. on, like, broken skin on his balls. Yes. <laughs> Well, listen, what would you have done? Uh, no, I would have looked at the label. <laughs> well, I would have looked at the label and work. said, this has mint. This might not feel too good <laughs> on the sensitive parts. Lavender okay. fixes everything. Lavender, is, it's a unicorn. It does fix everything. But I don't know That's that was that common in 1960, right, correct, whatever. Correct. <laughs> Apparently, well, when, they, when the doctors would yell at you for being sick. Right. And tell you to just take the gray and pink pills until you feel better. <laughs> so I don't even um, like, I don't even have anything to add. <laughs> did you find so let me ask you this. So did you find that like your adjustment because you did talk about how Grammy was how the relationship uh, was strained to say the least between dad and Grammy. And even as a kid, I remember that being how it was Mm -hmm. like you could it was palpable you could feel the tension between the two of them and that was they'd been married by the time for over how many 14 years or 15 years by the time i came around yeah 20 years into it you're there's still Mm -hmm. tension so like how did you guys navigate that successfully so that because you just celebrated your 57th wedding anniversary 58 58. It is 58th. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was like, I can't math. We we know I married an engineer for a reason. The We know this. Um, all right. So 58th, you just celebrated your 58th wedding anniversary. Tell us how you navigated those tough times when Grammy hated dad and you guys were constantly fighting and mom was just trying to survive. I grew up. That's oh, boom. The That's some shit right there. Can we get there a mic a drop, drop sound effect? Boom. I figured she's not going to change. She's elderly. I'm going to man up and just let her have her way up to a point. So long as she doesn't cross that red line in the sand, I'm fine with it. So what was the red line for you? If she tries to, I don't know what the red line is. She never did cross it, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the one time she crossed the red line was that she would not let uh, your mother come home with me after we were married. Mm-hmm. That was the only time. And mm-hmm. I think she was, to answer your question about why I was so bitter and probably why she was so bitter is because I took her only child away from her. And it took her a long time to realize that I wasn't as bad as she thought I was. And it took me a while to realize that uh, let her have her day and I'm fine with it, in other words. 
And you were busy working too. You were busy trying to establish your business better. And and my mother had retired by that time and she was more relaxed. It was never really wonderful, but it was polite. Then we took her places with us. We took her on vacations. We wanted to treat her to those things. You really want to go there? You want to go there? (laughs) Wait, because Scott's going to yell at us again. We've been talking for over 45 minutes. We haven't talked about adoption, and we haven't talked about entrepreneurship. We're going to get yelled at again. I sense a a trilogy. There might be a part three then. And maybe it'll just be an ongoing random series. (laughs) Conversations with Phil and Dave. A (laughs) sub-podcast. We'll go into a second adoption. That that happened because... When Hold I was on, pregnant. wait, don't, don't stop it. Okay, okay. Sarah, just derail. So I just want to point out, though, to your point, like you brought her places. Let's talk about, there's a giant age gap between me and my siblings. So Gay was born in 1964. Glenn, they adopted Glenn in 1967, which they're going to talk about. I was, I came in 1978. So Gay was out of the house by 82. Glenn was in and out. He was done with school or whatever, because he went to boarding school for a while and came back. And so he was in and out. So it was mainly me. Yes. And when they bring, when the decisions were made and Grammy came on vacations, guess who she shared space with? Oh, fun for you. Yeah, fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a treat. Totally a treat. And she snored <laughs> like, I don't even know. And she was deaf in one ear. She lost her hearing in one ear. Like it was. Bless and she, her though. Bless but her no, heart. like she was a wonderful woman. She was a great grandmother, all of those things. But I do have to say that I am a little bit resentful that I was always the one that was like, oh, it's Jenny and Grammy. And then it's all right. I just wanted to say, go on the record and say that. Now you can talk about. Oh, your- I can feel the energy off of you right now because of that. I don't think. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> It, no, it's fine. Do we need to unpack that? No, we don't need to unpack it. It's fine. <laughs> I just wanted to, I, she I rolls her to eyes, get, which means I, it's I not fine. I just wanted to get glossed over that I was that kid. <laughs> <laughs> Took one yeah. for the team. I did take one for the team. Mm-hmm. She did. You manned up like your dad said. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just rolled with it. But it also, I think... It contributed to like my adaptability and resiliency and exactly all those things and, and your compassion and, and the fact that I can just get lost in a book and read anywhere. Yeah, that's where it comes from necessity. Mm-hmm. That was your coping because skill. I was the youngest. Like they would bring me to their friends' houses, they would go have dinner. There were no kids because I was the youngest out of everybody. Mm-hmm. There were no other kids, so I always had a book. I think Dad and I went through some things that that other young couples didn't have to go through losing a second child and then having no ability to ever have children again. Mm -hmm. Um, When, when I was pregnant with a second one and hemorrhaging started and they had to just do house cleaning at the age of 23 and then never being able to have any more children. And that was tough. That was really tough to hear. But immediately the doctors started talking about adoption and we were all for it, especially David. <laughs> but no, I was too. My dad so- grew up with three siblings and you were an only child. So did you go through the thing where you imagine what it would be like to be surrounded by siblings and want that for your kids? Or would you, would you have been okay if Gay was an only child? No, I wanted I wanted my children to have siblings, definitely. I wanted a family. I wanted more than one child. But if I couldn't have had more than one, then I probably would have been resigned and happy and, and adjust to that. But Glenn, we adopted Glenn, and that came very soon after the last surgery. It was only four months later. And Gay was not happy to have this little intruder in her life. And I was expecting him to be like gay, but he wasn't. He never would look at me. I would hold him. I would talk to him. I would sing to him. And he would never, ever look at me. He would maybe glance at me once in a while, but most of the time he would look away at at other things. and Not responsive at all. And he took a very long time to... To walk, he didn't walk till he was 18 months and a very long time to talk. Yeah, everything was delayed. We were just navigating into that kind of situation and not realizing that 
children have different timetables, but also that he did have problems. Not major because right now he's grown up, he's gotten married, has a child, has a wonderful job. Thank God. And he's doing fine. But navigating a child who needed a special education was not easy, but we did it. And he did it. And we had a really good life. We bought a motor home. We went traveling all over the country in our motor home. Yes, we heard about that the last time when you went bare-assed in the window. I didn't do it on purpose. You know what happened? I was sleeping above the cab. Well, I wasn't there because the motor home was before my time and you all stopped traveling and doing those things after me. We did, but... That, but we really had a wonderful time in the motorhome, except for the time when he got up early and started driving along the highway. And when you're in these motorhomes, you sleep above the driver. And in order to get down to the bathroom, which is the first thing you do when you get up, you have to go down a ladder backwards. And I couldn't find the rung of the ladder. And I was going down backwards, but what I had forgotten Wait, to do... you forgot to tell that you had no underwear No, on. I forgot to put my shorty pajama bottoms on. Baby, baby doll, doll pajamas. pajamas. So Sylvia grabbed a hold of my leg my and aunt. tried to find the rung of the ladder. And meanwhile, I started laughing. <laughs> and Gay and Glenn were screaming their heads off laughing. And then all the trucks were lining up. In the back, they could see through the window under CBs telling everybody, hey, we got a spectacle here on Highway yes. 101. Yes. Come see. <laughs> so anyway, that was uh, something I never did again, obviously. I was afraid you were going to pee on me. I know. But anyway, we had wonderful vacations and then we wanted, you were doing really well at work until you broke up with your brother. Yeah. We did not get along very well. He had one way of doing business and I had another way and, and they clashed. And unfortunately it clashed at work. And eventually, I don't know if you want me to get into that or not, we separated. When Jenny was born, we separated and he kept the business and we had bought some real estate together. And I went into the real estate, the warehouse, and he uh, stayed with the uh, business. Yeah, we're going to we're going to have to dive deep into the, the plastics business and the growth in there and the real estate in, in part three. Yeah, but but yeah, I think that I and. As a kid, I remember I didn't know what had happened. I was too young to know what had happened, but I knew that something had happened. Like we just didn't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it right now. But right. it was there was a separation. But I, I can say as I never wanted for anything. Like we always had I had a great childhood, I had a great life. I was very well cared for. And there was a house full of love. Right. The sorry, I have a I have a thing. And it, it was a house where everybody was always welcome. And that's where you guys opened your home to Pregnant, unwed teenagers through Catholic Charities, to babies through Jewish Social Services for fostering, to pets. They would bring home litters from the freaking vet when the vet needed it. <laughs> well, <I'm> not... <laughs> That's awesome. You were, yeah. you were one of our foster children. Really? I was yeah. unaware. That is new no, information to you right I was now. Being sarcastic. Damn it. <laughs> I yeah, was joking I mean, because like them telling me that I was one of their foster babies. It's an integral part of my story. We were trying to adopt at that time. We had been trying for about a year, but the Jewish Social Service Agency would only allow childless couples to adopt. So we were so we had to go out of the country and we tried to adopt through Ecuador. And everyone else we were part was of an international here. adoption group through the Barker Agency, which was like the big. Mm -hmm agency international agency at the time I, I had a plane ticket and everything they had found a baby because your mother was very particular what uh, baby she wanted she didn't want a dark skin no her. i wanted i didn't want a child that whose legitimacy would be questioned in our family i didn't want to be in the mall and have someone talk about it and remind the child that they were different or that they were other i just didn't want there to be any questions 
It's more accepted now than it was in the in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. But anyway, no. yeah, it, it was something that we wanted to do, and then um, we had you. I remember the first day we took you home from the hospital. You were adorable. You had no hair. You were <laughs> you were at least eight pounds. None of my kids were less than eight pounds. And you were squishy and soft and sweet, and you slept. I still am squishy and soft and sweet. We <laughs> have, we have Samantha hugs me and is like, "Mommy, I love your squishy." You never woke us up at night. You would sleep until at least eight in the morning. We couldn't believe it. Wow! I mean, how do we? Look I want to know why I didn't get those kids. Yes, <laughs> I know. Uh, but then the couple that was supposed to adopt you changed their mind at the very last minute. Here I had you in your little dress. I was going to take you to the agency and tell them all about you so that it would be a, a comfortable transition for you. And they called at the last minute and said, we've changed our mind. And Bryna, who was the social worker, said she would let me know what was next. We had no idea. And then she called me again, and I just no. I took it. Oh, you took it. Yeah, she said that uh, this is Bryna Sackglad, and I'm calling about. Yeah, your name was Amber. Amber. It wasn't Amber. Yeah, all uh, gay named all the girls, and Glenn named the boys. So your name was Amber. She said we have a little glitch, and I said, Yeah, I know. My wife told me, and you may have to keep her a little longer because the couple changed their mind at the last minute. I said, no problem. I said, we'd keep her forever. And that's when Bryna said, that's why I'm calling you. We were going to call another couple and I had the phone in my hand. And as I was ready to call, you and David literally came into my head and I hung up the phone and I'm calling you now. Would you like to adopt her? And we were nuts. We went berserk. We were, you were in a meeting at that time. And I flew into the room and almost knocked you over. I was screaming and crying. And so it was. They were obviously very upset to keep me. Yeah. (laughs) It's 40 some years later and your dad is, no, they can't 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 see it. it. But he's getting choked up and emotional. And when guys cry, I'm a sympathetic crier. So we're like all, we're all avoiding avoiding eye contact. (laughs) We're all holding back tears. But wouldn't you, when that decision was made that she would be ours forever, the next day and from then on, she started getting up at five in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I made it through the trial period. That's right. Then, I remember your legal adoption day. You tore up the whole office of the attorney. Well, who leaves a one-year-old in a judge's office? <laughs> he thought it was wonderful. I was like trying to protect him. He's a family law judge. Of course he thinks it's wonderful. Right. It's a happy It's a happy occasion when a family law judge. That's so. what he said. He, he said he's used to uh, terminating parental rights, but he, he says these adoptions are the best. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. It was a good Fun day. times. All right. We got to wrap up for today on that note that we're all emotional. Just give me a moment. All right. I'm, I'm a highly sensitive person. I know. We are highly okay. sensitive. We are both highly sensitive entrepreneurs. And I will say, so I grew up with that adoption story as my background. And I think it's really interesting that they said that they, it wasn't that they were opposed to a, a transracial adoption. It's that they wanted to not have to have that added layer of otherness applied Mm -hmm. to the child, Mm -hmm. which I think is a very profound and like ahead of its time concept that probably a lot of people weren't talking about Mm -hmm. at that and still don't talk about because they're just thinking about opening their home and they're not contemplating all the other things. I am curious about the name change. Do I look like an Amber more than a Jenny? No, of just because I think names are important. Mm hmm. And so, one, what prompted the name change? How do you feel about a name change? And just what is that all? Like, I don't know. I just thought, I found that curious. I'd like to know more. That's just what we did. And then when we still had foster aid, then I named the girls and then they left. It was just a part of embracing having the family be included in the process. So, mm-hmm. like, 
when you're bringing this other, right, and something that's going to cry and pee and poop and make noise and is going to disrupt your life, like you want to engage your kid in the process. And then I was named after my Aunt Jean. Mm, okay. Because I was going to say, why didn't they keep the name Amber? Why didn't you keep the name Amber? We loved Gay's friend Jenny, and we wanted to have Aunt Jean have a name because the Aunt Jean and Uncle Bill never had kids, and we loved her. Oh, she was a fabulous woman. So you are named after Aunt Jean. And Melissa, we just love the name. Jenny, Melissa, we just thought it's Wait, wait. and so Jenny Dodd had a part in this? We love the name Jenny because we love Jenny. Yes. And I, that is new information. I real, for real this, this time. This is for real. I didn't know that the, the Jenny came from like the, I knew Jean, but I didn't know that Jenny Dodd had a part in this. But we didn't want Jennifer. We wanted Jenny because we thought it was a friendlier name. And we and called, it was and shorter. <laughs> but we love Jenny Dodd. Yeah. So I mean, that, I, yeah. we needed a J name. Needed a J name. All right. Got it. There it is. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fascinating. I was like, I needed There's the story behind that. There yeah. it is. Okay. But let's wrap up. Okay. For the day. And we could keep going, but we're definitely going to need to have part three. I think. We just do one each season. Yeah. We just yeah. have more conversations to have, yeah. I think. And they have, and then maybe the bird won't be talking the whole time in the background. Well, and... <laughs> Have our listeners submit questions next time. Yeah. They, well, we can plan it and do yeah. a live event the next time. Bye. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Bye. 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 Yeah. He's saying bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. Oh, now he wants Say hi, bird. Thank you guys for filling in today. It's always fun talking with y'all. Our pleasure. Thank you very much. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And and you you do you, you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 